Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Heartled Wellness Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here listening. I hope you're having a beautiful morning. I got such good sleep last night. I woke up, had a giant bowl of oatmeal, and I put frozen mango in my oatmeal. It's something that I've been doing lately, and I love it so much. I always put frozen blueberries in because I hate hot oatmeal, and so when you put frozen fruit in after it's done cooking, it cools it off, and the fruit melts, and it just tastes so good. But I also added frozen mango this morning, and it was amazing. So I highly recommend doing that if you've never tried it. And then I went for a nice, beautiful walk after. I'm, I love going on walks in the summer, in the morning, because the air just smells so good, and it's like the perfect temperature, and the birds are singing, and it's so relaxing, so soothing for the nervous system, and it feels incredible. And now I'm sitting here to record this podcast episode for you, which I am really excited about. Today, I am talking about food rules versus food guidelines and how having food guidelines that are rooted in love and are gentle and flexible is actually one of the quickest ways to fully let go of this obsession with food and kind of surrender into your relationship with food and not feel like you're just thinking about food 24 7 worrying about it obsessing about it so i talk about that in this episode some of my own food guidelines and i give you a framework on how to make your own and i also explain how creating structure around food can actually give us the freedom that we are truly desiring i've experienced this myself in healing my own relationship with food where i tried to just get rid of all food rules and have no structure around food and that actually left me feeling way more out of control than having these gentle loving guiding principles that i use now so i really think this episode is going to be impactful and helpful for you and i can't wait to hear what you think about it like always the links are in the show notes for my instagram if you want to dm me on there i will write back to you and also if you want to work with me one-on-one to help let go of all of this food obsession and heal it once and for all and feel really good in your skin and in your body i am here for you if you are looking for that and i cannot wait to connect with you but with that being said let's get right into today's episode If you've been struggling with your relationship with food over a period of time, I give it a very, very high chance that you have created a collection of food rules that are personal to you. And in the process of trying to heal your relationship with food, you may have come across therapists or other coaches, or even you've come to the conclusion yourself that you need to get rid of these food rules in order to feel free around food. And like I said, a lot of people in disordered eating recovery talk about food rules and challenging food rules and getting rid of food rules. And we think that having food freedom means that we have no rules around food and we just live in this airy fairy land of feeling so free and blissful around food. But I have a slightly different approach to this topic of food rules, and I believe that having food freedom doesn't mean that we have no food rules around food. We have no rules around food, and I've personally seen the benefits of this mindset shift and implementing this in my own relationship with food and how I've healed my relationship with food, but I also see this in some of the clients that I work with. So 
we need to challenge food rules and we need to prove to ourselves that we can eat anything and be okay. That is an important part of healing your relationship with food because we do not want to have fear around certain foods and we do not want to feel like we don't have the ability to eat certain foods without it sending us into this spiral of guilt and shame and fear. We do not want to have that. That's not a truly healed relationship with food. But at the same time, there are certain guidelines that we can set around food that do not come from a place of fear that will actually help us in guiding our food decisions. So let me paint the picture and see if you can relate to to any of this. If you've tried to heal your relationship with food by challenging your food rules, maybe you've tried intuitive eating and right now you have a list of things in your head of what you do that dictate what you eat rules pertaining to the timing of when you eat or what foods you eat or the quantity of foods or the setting all of these different rules around food and you decide that you don't want to live in this prison anymore and you don't want to feel so restricted and obsessed and controlling and perfectionistic around food so you decide that you're going to heal your relationship with food and you're just going to try this thing called intuitive eating because everyone's talking about it and it seems to be helpful it seems to resonate But when you just say, okay, I'm going to get rid of all these food rules, I'm going to challenge all of my fear foods and all of my fear food rules and just try to be an intuitive eater, you might kind of feel like you're free falling for a minute because you don't really know what you're doing. You're not, you don't have any principles guiding you and you might have thoughts like, if I'm not going to count calories, how do I know how much to eat or how do I know what foods to eat if I'm not going to tell myself certain foods are off limits? And so many people, including some of my clients, have no idea what normal behavior around food is. Recently, one of my clients said to me, Ashlyn, I just really have no idea what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. I have no concept of what my body actually wants because I have been living in this mind-based, fear-based setting around food for so long. And this is so, so, so common. And what this episode is hopefully going to help you with is how we can actually create healthy guidelines around food that help us figure out what, when, and how much to eat. And they're not rooted in fear and they're not food rules, but they actually are helpful and rooted in love, like I'm going to continue to talk about. So when we have no structure and no guidelines around food, That's not actually the solution. We think that that's going to bring us food freedom, but having no structure around food is actually just going to create even more chaos, especially, especially, especially if you have had a disordered relationship with food in the past. There's a high chance that you are a more analytical type person. You like to have things in order. You like perfection. You like control. And yes, we need to heal and address all of these real subconscious roots of having disordered relationships with food that often comes from perfectionism and control and fear but at the same time your brain might just be more wired towards liking having guidelines and things to follow so we can use this to our advantage by creating healthy guidelines around food that don't make you feel like you're free falling or have no nothing to hold on to or grab onto that help guide the decisions that you make around food So first I want to explain what are food rules, in case you maybe haven't heard this before, and I bet that you actually do have some food rules, but maybe you haven't heard of the concept. 
So food rules are self-imposed rules about food. It might involve the timing of when you eat, the quantity of how much you eat, the quality of your food. Maybe you have rules around certain foods being healthy and others being quote-unquote unhealthy. Maybe the setting, like where you can eat, anything pertaining to food. These are rules that you have come up with or you've adopted from somebody else or read online and applied to your own life. And they have become the way that you see food and the way that you make decisions about food. And the really important part to know about food rules is that they come from a place of fear. Often this fear is a fear of gaining weight or a fear of not having the body that you want. And they are very mind-driven. So they come from a place of fear and they also usually come from the mind. They're very analytical, logical, very disconnected from the body and very focused in the brain. So here are some examples of some food rules that are really common that you may have yourself. I have had myself in the past. So these are something that you might be like, oh, how is she reading my mind? So one of them is I can only eat between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. or any time, insert any time in there. Rules about when you can start eating and when you must stop eating. Or it might be something like, I can only eat half a cup of oats, nothing more than that. I never eat processed foods. I can't snack between meals. I can't have more than half of a banana. I have to wait to eat lunch until it's noon or later, like according to the time on the clock. I can only have a meal with carbs once per day. So if I have oatmeal in the morning, then I have to have cauliflower rice for dinner instead of real rice. If I work out, then I can eat dessert. So it can also involve exercise in the sense of saying your decisions around food are based on whether you work out or not. So those are just a few examples and maybe you can relate to them or maybe start to see some of the own unique rules that you have personally around food. But the main takeaway that I want you to see from this is that food rules come from the mind. They come from a place of fear, often a fear of gaining weight and they are rules that you have created about food for yourself. So everyone's food rules might be slightly different, but in general, they lead us to feeling anxious and stressed and perfectionistic and controlled and obsessive around food. Even if you just pay attention to your body when you start thinking about the food rules that you have or when I'm listing them off right here, I can even feel in myself this contraction in my chest, kind of this pulling inward energy at the center of my chest, my shoulders kind of go forward, my body tenses up. This is really key information that I will continue to talk about through this episode on how we know if something is rooted in fear or rooted in love. So most of these food rules are very black and white, they are very extreme, and they do not come from a place of genuine love. So that brings me to food guidelines, and what is the difference between food rules and food guidelines? So food guidelines are an important part of creating a healthy relationship with food and it's not disordered to have guidelines around what you eat you may hear people say that choosing to eat healthy or choosing to eat whole foods is orthorexic or disordered and i actually made a whole podcast episode all about orthorexia and my opinion on that so you can listen to that for more detail on that subject but it is not disordered to have guidelines around what you eat it all depends on whether these guidelines are rooted in fear or rooted in love and even normal eaters so people who have never been on a diet before never had a disordered relationship with food even these normal eaters have food guidelines they might not be conscious of them because they are often 
often subconscious guidelines, but they have principles that are helping them guide their decisions around food. For example, they might just have guidelines that they listen to their body's cues, that they only eat foods they enjoy, that they don't eat foods that make them feel sick, that they listen to their body's signals on knowing when to start eating and when to stop eating. So all of these are core beliefs and thoughts that they have going through their head that they might not even realize are there that are driving their decisions around food. So food guidelines, if you would like a definition, this this is my own definition, but food guidelines are gentle principles that give you guidance around what, when, and how much to eat so you can feel vibrant and healthy in your body. So a key word is gentle. These are gentle principles, and these are not hard and fast, black and white, never, I can't rules. These are guidelines that you can follow that give you direction, but they might not be what you use to make every single decision around food. So a key part of food guidelines as opposed to food rules is that they come from a place of love and they often come from the body and the heart instead of the mind. So the guidelines that you create in your own life will be inspired by the signs and experience that your body shows you after you eat. Our bodies are constantly giving us feedback and cues that can help guide our decisions around food and they can also come from our heart. So when I talk about the heart, I know my podcast is called the Heart-Led Wellness Podcast and the whole reason behind that is because we are so disconnected from our hearts, from our intuition, from our soul. And so when I say the heart, that is really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our intuition, our deeper knowing, our emotional center, our souls. And we can use these parts of ourselves to make guidelines around food. It's trusting our intuition, trusting our soul, and trusting something greater than us. So that's a very clear difference between food rules, which are very fear-based and mind-based. Food guidelines are very body-based, heart-based, and they come from a place of love. And they are reasonable, sustainable. These are things that you can do for the rest of your life. They're healthy. They're adaptable. They're aligned with your higher self. They're aligned with your values. And the most important one out of all of these is they are flexible. Rules are often much more rigid, and here's an analogy that can help you understand this concept. Think of food guidelines kind of like the lines on a road, like the dotted lines on a road. You can drive over the lines and cross the lines if you need to. Maybe you're changing lanes, maybe there's a rock in the road that you're trying to avoid. You can easily cross over these lines, but they are there to guide you for direction. They are there to keep, get you to your destination, to get you to your goal. If you can just stay inside the lines and surrender to the lines, you don't have to worry too much about staying on the road because the guidelines are there for you. So they're flexible, meaning that you can cross them at any point, but they are there for you to guide you and lead you to where you want to go. So that is what food guidelines are like. They're very flexible, adaptable, reasonable. They're there to help you get to where you want to go. And they really help us let go of this food obsession because we can trust that we are on the right path and that we are doing what is best for our bodies. So I deeply believe that in order to find true food freedom, true relaxation and surrender and peace around food, we need a little bit of food structure. And this is just how us humans are wired. 
If you know about masculine and feminine energy, this is a whole other area that I haven't really talked about a lot on my podcast, but I'm super intrigued and interested in all of this and I've read a lot of books about it, but we need masculine structure for feminine freedom. So when I talk about masculine and feminine energy, it's not about gender or sex. These are just energies that exist in the world, just like yin and yang or positive and negative. There are two sides to every coin. It's kind of that same concept of we have the masculine energy, which is often more structured and organized and driven. And then we have the feminine energy, which is much more creative and flowy and emotional and wild and free and those two energies play and balance out with each other so we can't have one without the other and they both add depth and strength to each other when they exist together so how this all fits into food and food guidelines is that we need a masculine structure in order to find true feminine freedom so here is an example of this when we have a river flowing through an area of land the river is made up of water obviously <laughs> and the water has no form it can go what in whatever shape of the container that it's in just like how when we put water into a bucket if the bucket wasn't there the water would just be everywhere we need the bucket to contain the water just how we need the banks of a river to contain the river so in this analogy the river is like the feminine and the banks are like the masculine or the water inside the bucket is like the feminine and the bucket itself is the masculine. So we need this outer structure in order to contain the energy of the feminine. And when we have that, it allows the feminine to be in her or in its freedom. So without structure, it's hard to find true freedom because we need that structure in order to relax and surrender and let go. Think about when somebody is holding you, when someone's giving you a hug and you feel like you can just take this deep breath and just let out all of your emotions and you start crying maybe or you just have this deeper release and that happens because you're being held by somebody they're providing that structure for you that safety and it allows you to just let go completely and surrender into that moment so we can have this exact same concept applied to food when we have a little bit of flexible and gentle structure around our food decisions, just like the banks of a river, it allows us to actually feel freedom around food because we can make flexible decisions every day within those guidelines and we can listen to our bodies and trust our bodies, but we have this baseline of structure and guidelines that are making some of the more complicated decisions for us and that really allows us to let go of the food obsession and the struggle because we have a plan we know what when and how much we're going to eat and we know how we can adapt this to the differences in our daily schedule and whether we're traveling or visiting friends we just have a general idea of what is going to make us feel the best we can feel but I want you to remember when I'm talking about this that these food guidelines are flexible, they're adaptable, and they're rooted in a place of love from your body and from your heart. I keep wanting to say that over and over again because it can be easy to think, oh, I just need to have my food rules and that will allow me to surrender into this moment. And this is where the conversation is really nuanced and 
it is helpful to obviously work with a coach or work with somebody who can help you come up with these food lines, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a framework in today's episode to help you come up with your own food guidelines that actually serve you and that help you surrender more fully and release this obsession with food and with your body. But first, I want to talk about a few of my own food guidelines because I feel like that would actually help paint the picture a little bit and help you see an example of what this can look like. So these food guidelines are personal to me and they might be different from what you are needing, but these are what I have created for myself over the many years that I have been working on healing my relationship with food. And I've gotten to this place where I have these guiding principles that help me make decisions around food. And these are all rooted in love and they are all mostly coming from my body. And they really allow me to not have to be thinking about food so much all the time because I have these principles that help me with knowing when, what, and how much to eat. So the number one on this list is I eat when my body is hungry. And notice I said when my body is hungry because that is very different. Physical hunger is very different from psychological hunger, which is emotional hunger, mental hunger, which I have talked a little bit about on my podcast about how we emotionally eat sometimes. So for me, I feel my best when I actually eat when I am physically hungry, when my body is needing food. And as a little side note, that doesn't only mean physical hunger in my stomach because there are other signs of hunger besides just stomach growling. I could make a whole podcast episode about this too. But in general, I know the signs of when my body is needing fuel and that is when I like to eat. And just with all of these guidelines, that doesn't mean that I never eat when I'm not hungry because there are instances when that happens too. But once again, remember that these are guidelines, not rules. So this is what I do most of the time. And if there are times when I end up eating when I'm not hungry, maybe I'm about to get on a flight and I know I'm not going to be able to eat for a few hours, that's an instance when I would eat when I'm not hungry because I know I am taking care of my body in that in that instance. But you get the point. The point is that most of the time I eat when my body is physically hungry. The next one that I have is I eat food that leaves me feeling really good in my body. So I like to eat food and meals that make me feel energized and light and nourished after I'm done eating. And I'm not going to list out all of those foods and tell you the ones that I don't eat very often and the ones that I do eat very often because we would be here all day, but I have learned over a long period of trial and error what foods leave me feeling really good in my body and those are the foods that I like to eat on a daily basis. The next one is I stop eating when my body has had enough. So once again, you can see the theme here is it's very body focused. So the cue that I use to tell me that I have eaten enough because I don't count calories or points or anything like that is my body and how my body is feeling. So there are many signals that my body gives me to know that it has had enough. And maybe I should actually make a whole podcast about knowing when to stop eating or signs that your body has that are telling you it's had enough because there are actually a lot of signals that you might not be aware of that are very subtle that are not just like feeling full or feeling a pressure in your stomach, but are genuine other signals that you can use to help know that you've had enough. Another one is I make balanced meals and I eat three meals a day. And this has been a huge help in healing my relationship with food because I found for myself that I feel really good when I have a 
pretty decently big sized meal three times a day and I do eat snacks in between if I need to but having those three main meals that are very balanced and um, this is something that I love to talk to my clients about is how to actually create these balanced meals and what that actually looks like on your plate but having that as a principle has taken off so much stress around making food decisions because I know when I go to into my kitchen to make a meal, I kind of have this template that I follow that helps me figure out what foods to put on my plate and I mix and match them and I choose what I'm craving and what I'm drawn to, but I have this overall template that really helps me feel really good as far as blood sugar, digestion, my hormones. It just makes me feel really satisfied and good. And so that is the template that I usually like to follow. I also have a food guideline that is surrounding fun foods. So I like to eat fun foods, which fun foods are foods that I consider more processed foods, things that I don't eat all the time. I like to eat these when my soul is craving them and I know how to listen to my body for the signal to pause when I've had enough. So I allow myself to eat these foods whenever my soul is actually wanting them and when I am eating them, I know how to listen to my body to pause eating them. I say pause because we're not just going to stop eating these foods and never eat them again. I like to think of it as a pause. I'm going to pause from eating this and I can have more later. I can have more tomorrow. I can have more next week. But for now, my body has had enough. So that is another guiding principle that I have. Another one is I like to eat organic and non-GMO most of the time. And I have a huge passion for health. And that is part of what I studied in college and a lot on my own. I am just super passionate about holistic health in general. So for me, that is a huge priority of mine. I love to eat organic food and especially non-GMO food. And on this guideline, I say most of the time because if I'm eating out at a restaurant, oftentimes that's not possible or at someone else's house or when I'm traveling. But when I am in charge of what I buy and what I cook, I prefer to eat organic and non-GMO. Another one is I eat plant-based, and that has been a personal decision for me. I have been plant-based for almost seven years now, and that decision has come about because my body clearly communicated that I feel my best when I eat this way and when I follow my body's cues to eat lots of whole plant foods. And another caveat, caveat that I want to add to this conversation is that food guidelines will change throughout your life depending on what season of life you're in, depending on your age, maybe even depending on where you are in your cycle. Food guidelines are designed to be adaptable and flexible. So these are my guidelines right now and maybe next year they'll be different, maybe next month they'll be different, maybe even tomorrow I will decide to change one of these guidelines. But I am only focused on today and today these are the ones that feel really aligned and right for me. And the last one I want to share with you is that I eat whole, real food most of the time. That is what makes me feel my best, my energy, my skin, my digestion, my hormones, my mental health, all are the best when I'm eating whole, real foods and minimizing the amount of packaged and processed foods that I eat. So once again, that decision has come from feedback from my body and also from my heart because I know my intuition, my soul, my deeper knowing communicates to me that eating whole foods from the earth is what is most aligned. That just feels really good when I think about eating lots of whole foods 
it makes me feel excited and energized and lit up by that thought. So that's how I know that it's rooted in love and it is something that my body genuinely wants. So like I said before, your guidelines might be different than my guidelines. For me, health is something that's really important. That's one of my main priorities. So a lot of my guidelines kind of revolve around health. And also, I am at a place in my life where I am trying to maintain my weight and maintain my period. And that is also a huge part, a huge factor in those food guidelines that I just mentioned to you. But maybe you are at a different phase of life and you are looking to lose weight or maybe you're looking to gain weight. And for you, your food guidelines might be a little bit different depending on that goal. But no matter what your goal is and no matter what your guidelines are, the main goal of all of this is to not be thinking about food so much. The whole point is to create this flexible structure that is customized to your unique situation that allows you to surrender the food obsession and let go of the food chaos so you know every day when you wake up you know what when and how much you're going to eat depending on the guidelines that you have set for yourself and it's not as much about planning your meals every day and saying this is what i eat for breakfast this is what i eat for lunch this is what i eat for dinner because that might be more of a food rule that is rooted in fear but it is more of this is the type of food i like to eat in general this is when i genuine generally like to eat because it makes me feel my best this is how i know when to stop eating and how i know when to start eating and if you create guidelines that are surrounding those things and they're rooted in love i guarantee you you will feel so much more relaxed and free around food because you won't have to be thinking about it or obsessing over it anymore so to end out this episode i want to explain to you how you can actually create your own food guidelines and maybe some questions to reflect on to help you make your own. So the first thing I want to say is enter an experimentation phase. So I want you to go into a period of time where you are just trying out different ways of eating, maybe different meal timings, different sizes of meals, different types of foods, and collect data and gather information to figure out what your body is actually needing. And this is a huge, huge key in this experiment and that is to pay attention to how your body feels after you eat so you can even start a journal you can write this down but even just asking yourself how do i feel right now when you finish a meal and then maybe 30 minutes later how do i feel now just starting to gather information about how your body is physically feeling after you eat a meal will give you a lot of data that you can use when you are creating your own food guidelines so maybe you decide that you want to see how your body responds to eating gluten. So you might buy some good organic bread and you might be eating that and seeing how you feel after you eat. And maybe afterwards you feel a little bit sluggish and tired, maybe a little foggy, maybe your skin breaks out the next day. And so you might use take that piece of information and note it in your mind and then try it again a few weeks later, a few days later and see if the same thing happens. And if over time, it does happen every time, you might want to take that information and create a guideline around it. So maybe you say, I don't eat gluten very often because it doesn't make me feel my best. Or maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe you've had a fear of eating gluten and that's been one of your food rules, but you experiment with it and you notice that it actually doesn't bother you and you're actually totally fine eating gluten. 
and then that would impact the food guideline that you do or do not make surrounding gluten. But the key in all of this is to pay attention to how your body is feeling after you eat because your body wants to feel good. All of our bodies are designed to feel healthy and vibrant and alive and free and if we actually listen to the cues that our body is sending us, it will guide us to feeling healthier and more vibrant and more alive because we are listening to the cues that our body is sending us. I was at dinner the other day with some friends and I was talking about what I eat and someone was asking me about why I don't eat certain foods or why I don't choose to eat certain processed foods and I was saying that they really don't make me feel good. I don't feel good in my body. My digestion doesn't feel good. I feel tired. I don't feel good after I eat those foods. And they said to me, wow, it sounds like you're really in tune with what your body feels like. (laughs) And I laughed inside my mind because that's the whole point of all of this. The whole point is reconnecting to our bodies and reconnecting to the signals that our body is sending us and not just eating from the neck up and focusing on the taste of the food and the pleasure that we feel in our brain, but actually how we feel after we eat. And that will give us so much direction on what is best for our bodies. So that's the first part of creating food guidelines is experimenting and trying out different things and playing around with it to figure out what your body feels best with. And another part of this is asking yourself if these guidelines you've created are rooted in love or fear. Are you making these decisions around food because you're scared of gaining weight or you're scared of eating a certain food? Or is it because it genuinely shows respect and love for your body and it genuinely feels loving towards your body? Not eating gluten because you're scared of it making you gain weight or you're scared of it changing your body is very different from not eating gluten because you don't like the way you feel after you eat it and you want to respect your body with the foods that you're eating. Even though the action is the same of not eating gluten, the decision around it is rooted in a completely different place. So that is the second part of this is asking yourself, is this guideline rooted in love or fear? And really listening to your heart and your intuition when you ask that question, because you will know if it is truly a fearful decision or a loving decision. The third part of this, so we have the experimentation phase, asking yourself if if it's rooted in love or fear. And the third part of this is gathering some nutritional knowledge because I wouldn't be a health coach without encouraging health and that is a huge passion of mine. And I think having a little bit of knowledge around nutrition, not an obsessive amount, but just a general understanding can be very helpful in creating food guidelines because it can give you some keys that will help you make food decisions that make you feel your best. So you could do this by maybe listening to some of my podcast episodes, you could read some books on nutrition, you could work with me one-on-one in a health coaching setting or maybe another coach that you're interested in, but having somebody who can mentor you and guide you with nutritional knowledge can also be extremely helpful because it once again gives you kind of this framework that you can put your guidelines into that will help you let go of the food obsession because also eating nutritionally adequate diets is very important for our mental health and our physical health and even if we are trying to heal our relationship with food i am not a proponent of just eating a bunch of junk food in the name of recovery when true recovery in my mind is when we can eat a whole healthy diet 
and feel free around food while at the same time being able to eat fun foods and not feel so obsessed and freaked out about it. But having nutritional knowledge is very helpful in surrendering to this whole thing and knowing that you're fueling your body well and your body will take care of itself. So after you create your guidelines, then it is important to know that they will change throughout your life so you can continue to tweak them and adjust them as you move through different seasons of life and as your schedule is different. But overall, you will have some principles that are guiding you. So I really hope you understand how helpful this can be and that you don't need to just throw out all of your food rules and feel like you're free falling, but having a little bit of flexible, adaptable, loving structure around your meals is not disordered and in fact, it is very helpful and very healing. So that is all I have to share for today's episode. I really enjoyed talking about all of this. I feel like it's not talked about a lot in the eating disorder recovery world because everyone is so obsessed with just throwing out all food rules, but this is kind of more of a healthy middle ground that I think is better for long-term recovery and long-term freedom around food. So like always, please feel free to message me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode. I love recording these podcasts, but sometimes it feels like I'm talking into a void and just putting my words into the ether because I'm just sitting here by myself talking into a microphone. So I love it so much when you message me on Instagram and tell me your takeaways from the podcast or if you're enjoying it. I'm having so much fun connecting with you over there. It is so fulfilling and I love that sense of community. So I answer all my DMs. If you DM me on Instagram, I will reply to you. I am so looking forward to talking to you again next week. I hope you're having a beautiful Tuesday and we will talk soon.